Hello, my name is Sarah Connolly, and today with me we have the British former world ITT champion, superstar, climbing queen, Emma Pooley. Hello, Emma. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for the introduction. <laughs> um, you are just about to start your 2014 cycling season. Yep, that's right. Yeah. A little <laughs> bit later than most people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, start, start. You, you can miss out the cobbles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I think that was my plan. I have actually done a few little races. I was out training in Australia, and there's always there's always a race to do. So I have raced, but just nothing on the UCI yeah. scene, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's like putting mountain goats on the cobbles is always a always an interesting thing. Anyway. Well, I was always told it was good for me. You know, it was good for me. I was going to learn. All I learned is that I really hate cobbles. <laughs> It helps when I had a mechanic who, um, you know, made sure I had the right tyre pressure and the right tyres and stuff. So, like, one time Flanders wasn't that bad. But um, <laughs> I think I think the key thing is, there's, there's, you know, I'm on a Belgian team and there's better riders on my team for those races. And they don't want me just getting in the way and, like, whinging afterwards about how shit it was. <laughs> They're trying to win, you know. They've got a good team of good riders who could race those races. So I don't want to take up a space from someone who's who's better than me. Yeah, I mean, and they've had a really nice time. I mean, Jolien de Hoer and, and Lisbeth Vocht have been everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, they're really strong. Um, yeah, it's great. It's really nice. Um, I wasn't too sure about being a Belgian team because, <laughs> like, like I said, the covers aren't really my favourite. But it's really, it's a really positive atmosphere, and um, I think the team's results so far, you know, speak for themselves. So it's that's really good. Oh, it's fun. So, um, what have you been up to in this last year when you've been away from? Well, not away from the bike per se, but away from the road races. Yeah. Well, everyone keeps asking me about my like, comeback, and I didn't. I didn't deliberately take a break. I took a, I would say I had like a reduced year last year because I was on a non-UCI team. So I was racing with Big Low, which is a local team in Switzerland where I live. And um, we did, but we did do UCI races, just just not the World Cups and yeah. not the Giro. But I mean, I did plenty of racing and um, I even like, I even won a few races. Like we won the Tour of Languedoc, which was really, really cool and a bit of a surprise. Um, partly because uh, they cancelled the race and we restarted it, so no one else was there. well, not no one else was there. But there weren't so many people there, and um, so I was kind of lucky. Um, but then I didn't race the second half of the season, like from August, because I I got really sort of snowed under with study and work, mm. and I got really looking back, really really stressed and um, quite down about stuff in general. And so I I couldn't I just couldn't cope with my free time in inverted commas which was bike racing being also really stressful so I um I just I, I wasn't in any kind of shape so I just uh, stepped back a bit so I haven't raced really properly since kind of July August last year so it is a it's a long time to be away from it um but yeah it's nice to be back I mean that's why I that's why I've come back is because I missed it so <laughs> oh, that's good yeah I mean you were yeah. doing some I, I, I don't know. I, I get a bit hyperbolic about the things that I saw you do, like, you know, the <laughs> Alpine triathlon. <laughs> yes. But you see, the thing is, like, so that's what I mean. I didn't, I probably, you know, so last year, the reason for taking a reduced year for me was that I wanted to finish my PhD. So, and that takes a sort of concentrated effort. You can't just yeah. do it on Saturday afternoon. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, basically, I had to sit down and have nothing else I would I was allowed to do before I would do it. Because, <laughs> you know, even cleaning the toilet is more fun than writing a thesis. Oh, so, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh so um so I yeah so I had to but then I was there were all these races that I've been wanting to do for a long time because I used to be a runner and a triathlete and I live in Switzerland which is like the home of awesome mountain races so I kind of thought well yeah I'll do a bit of running and didn't seem to be too much of a problem with cycling so and my team were pretty understanding last year so I and then I just ended up with some really and I'm glad because 
you know, I did, I did some really cool running and triathlon races because it's the kind of thing that I, I kind of miss when I'm cycling because we don't have so many races in the mountains. And yeah. it, it's kind of, it was just, a, yeah, it's maybe a bit different and something that is it's kind of been on my I hate the term bucket list. But when like those things that I've got friends who do all these crazy triathlon type things, I've always been really envious. Mm. But I can never do them because, you know, I've got a race coming up. And so it was really nice last year to do, yeah, I did, uh, golly, I think I did like three marathons in a year. And, <laughs> One of them was the Jungfrau Marathon, which is quite a lot of uphill in it. And I did uh, I did the Swissman Triathlon, which was just awesome. Like, it's an Ironman, but involves three mountain passes. And then you run up uh, to, to like, a under the north face of the Eiger at the end. So it's got 5,000 metres of climb in it. And, um, and that was really cool because, like, my best friend and my mum were helping me out. So I had my poor mum. She was scared witless of me descending in the mountains. I yeah. <laughs> had to drive around behind me and... Yeah, it was just a really cool experience, and I just I did get to do some other stuff, which um, was was really nice. And um, yeah, and it's, it's hard to do that when you're racing a full program of yeah. bike races all year, because like, you, you know running a marathon is is all. I mean, I love running, but it, it does leave you a little bit tired. For you don't get over it as quickly as you get over a stage <laughs> race. Put it that way. The muscle fatigue lasts a while, and then, I mean, just a bit. I, I did a, a marathon. Yeah, I did my first marathon at the edge of the end of the 2012 season, and um, it, there was a snowstorm, and um, that was a bit crazy. And then, uh, did you win? Yeah, that? I did one. Uh, no, I was second. That was 2012. That was Lucerne, and I came second. And I was quite pleased because I'd always said I wouldn't run a marathon until I could do it in under three hours, and I did 2:55. So I was like, yes. And, and, and was I this did your another first one. marathon. Was that your first marathon ever? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done lots. I've run the distance, but never in a race, you know. And, yeah, yeah. And I did another one last year in October at the Lausanne Marathon, so also in Switzerland, but different town. And um, and I did win that one, and that was pretty cool. And I got a nice, I got a time that I was pretty happy with. So I can't do another one now until I can run quicker than that. <laughs> and at two forty-four, I mean, I'm not sure it'll take a lot of training. To, to, yeah. That's amazing. So, but you started off as a cross-country runner, didn't you? Like before you were yeah, a cyclist. So exactly, yeah. But I was never. A, I was never that quick. I think I always got injured before I got fast, if you see what I mean. Yeah. And, that, and now I get I get a load of fitness from the bike season, mm. and then um, yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely healthier cross training. So doing a bit of biking, a bit of running, it's mm. better for my body than just running or yeah, yeah. even just cycling. I think. So. I mean, I, I did cross country and um, distance running when I was at school before my knees dis- dis- disappeared, and oh. it's the mental. But to me, it was the mental thing as well. Like the mental discipline was harder yeah. than the physical stuff um i don't know i i find it easier mentally running races because there's, there's no crashing risk <laughs> and, and like in a running race i mean i know it's, it's not quite true like so in, in really really high level running there are tactics and things yeah. but for me it was just the only thing that worried me before a race is the knowledge that it's gonna hurt like hell <laughs> and that's that's kind of okay because that's kind of the point um yeah and if you don't want to hurt like hell then you just run a bit slower but um, yeah. i think what the, the, the it, bike races are much more unpredictable, which is why they are interesting to watch. It also makes them much more stressful yeah. as a, as a participant, I think, because there's the you don't know what's going to happen, and it's not just about putting the best effort in you can and then seeing what happens. Like it, that is in a time trial, but mm-hmm. um, running races, I, I find easier, and also running training. I mean, you just when the weather's shit, you just you know putting trainers, put on a t-shirt, and out you go and if you do a two-hour run, that's pretty good training and uh, it doesn't take up so much of the day. So when I was really busy with work last year and really stressed and I'd 
just be in a massive hole mentally and really, really stressed and down. And all I wanted to do was eat chocolate and drink coffee. And, oh. and I was sleeping on the office floor or in the library. Or oh. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and the best thing I could do was just go out for a run at lunchtime or early in the morning and, um, you know, and I'd get out in the fresh air. And, and I live in a really beautiful area, so the running's gorgeous. And, and um, it just cheered me up so much. It's the best stress relief and antidepressant I know. So, oh. um, yeah. And can I ask, are you, are you, are you Dr. Pooley now? I am. Yes. Oh, congratulations. So, <laughs> thank you. So I got the yeah, I did um I had the exam in December and so I had to hand in the thesis uh, in November which was months later than I planned but you know that's how it happens and then had yeah, had the v- viva in December and that was all okay and I did my corrections in a couple of days and that was okay handed it in and then when I was in Australia I had to send in all the paperwork and I got the letter in February saying, "Yes, you are Frau Dr. Pooley." Oh, fantastic. <laughs> And I actually had the um, the graduation ceremony just over a week ago, um, on Friday the 11th, and my parents came out to Switzerland for it, and it was really, really nice. I'm not really that into ceremonies, but it yeah. was um, I'm really glad I went, actually. It was uh, this is a long time of my life. It's a quarter of my life I've spent doing this, well, yeah, on and yeah. off doing this thing. So. I mean, yeah. everyone I know who's done a PhD or an MA, I mean, I'm doing my second degree at the moment, and everyone I know who's finished yeah. it gets to the point where they like, oh, well... Um, yeah, and then within two months they're like thinking about like I oh, know what am I doing? I'm thinking about going back and doing another degree yes. or another MA or something. Yes, I know it's crazy. My brother started a PhD a few years after me, and I was just like, no, don't do it. <laughs> but um, I'm not doing another PhD. I can be quite sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, and it, and it must be. I mean, just knowing that weight, the weight of having it in the background. I mean, have you got to the point where you can actually feel that it's not there anymore? Um, initially it was the most wonderful feeling of relief and then I just forgot about it because um, it's just it's just a thing I had to do and but when I think about it I'm really really happy <laughs> I such a weight <laughs> of my shoulders but but it's kind of silly because yeah I'm not going to stay in academia so it was just that I felt like I, I couldn't let my supervisor down and, and also I put a lot of work into it so you don't just abandon yeah. it but yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah it's sort of yeah yeah I'm really really pleased I finished it and but looking back you always forget you know it's like a race you kind of forget how much it hurt and yeah it was just shit <laughs> it was just horrible <laughs> there, were, there were times last year when I honestly I don't know yeah my poor friends whose shoulders I cried on they had very very soggy shoulders for a lot of things oh, but yeah, you my know. poor mum oh god she, I think she was she was particularly glad to come to the the ceremony because um she was just so relieved I hadn't sort of topped myself off through <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> you see, I've got some friends who I know will listen to this, and they'll be like, "Oh God, yes, she's right. Why did I yes. start?" <laughs> yes. the once you started, you know, you know, I'm not a quitter. You know, I'm not a quitter. <laughs> yeah. I kept telling myself, <laughs> and my dad kept saying, "You don't have to finish it, Emma. You don't have to finish it." I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> I do have to finish it. But um, yeah. And my mum is now quietly saying, "Oh, so if you finish your PhD, do you have time for a boyfriend now?" <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm busy bike racing. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> yes, not for my mum. It's not. <laughs> oh, bless! I mean, I mean yeah. it must be—it must be quite an interesting thing because you know, parents, you—you you know, they bring up their daughters to be independent and strong yes. and to go out and do things, and then they must. There must be a point where they must be regretting. I wish I just brought her up to be like. <laughs> 
yeah exactly I think that's it. yeah my mum's my mum's a bit upset because she's got three kids and and my sister's a doctor my brother's doing a phd and i've done my phd and none of us have proper jobs none of us have produced grandchildren for her and uh she's like why did i pay for them to go to university at all i could have you know settled town have kids yeah, yeah well she's it serves her right you know i mean she shouldn't have encouraged you to be academic well, she, she said she said a wonderful example of an independent working mother and uh, i'm very proud of her and i want to be the same <laughs> It's awesome. So, <laughs> so when you were away, well, I mean, I, I, I don't mean away away, but were you following, yeah. did you follow races like the Giro and things like that while you weren't running? Well, this sounds going to sound terrible, but sort of off and on, like I'd look up the results, but I'm not, I don't have a TV and I don't watch it. Yeah. So obviously I don't watch TV. And um, and I, I really find that when I'm away from cycling, I don't look at cycling news every day because I just don't want to be yeah. li- living in the, you know, sort of haunted by it all the time. And also, especially when, you, when I couldn't be there, like the Giro, it was a bit galling not being there because it's one of my favourite races. And so yeah. I didn't want to know, really. Yeah, yeah, so I looked, yeah. obviously I looked up the results and, um, and I, I, yeah, I watched the World Championships because that's, you know, but I, um, not, not, not day to day, I'd say, but yeah. I mean, I followed, yeah, the general flow of results. Because I wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just, I was just. I think it's like you know, Emma fans like look watching, you know, watching last year's Giro because it being one in the mountains was like, oh god. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's 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 almost. I wouldn't say it's always one in the mountains, but it's the mountains are the decider. So yeah. it's, you know, I've I've not won it lots of times when it was one in the mountains <laughs> when I was there. So you know, it wasn't. It wasn't like I looked at it and thought, damn, I would have won it because yeah. it, I absolutely don't think I would have done. You know, yeah. Mara is. She's an incredible rider, and you know she's beaten me in the Giro. Lot, you know, well and truly beaten me in the Giro several times. So I'm not, I, you know, I, I certainly didn't watch it and think, damn, that was a race for me. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just wished I was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but you'll be there yeah. this year. <laughs> yes, I will. Yeah. And we can, yeah, in in the typical Giro style, no clue about the course. No, no it's probably going to be totally flat this year. Yeah. <laughs> just uh-huh. your luck. And I mean, while you were away in a bit of commas, you were doing a ton of bikes of stuff around cycling and and being involved in some stuff behind the scenes, and and that was amazing. I really, really, really enjoyed that. I mean, you were <laughs> doing the Tourentier and you were doing some stuff with the UCI. Can you tell us a yes. bit more about that? Well, it was. It was sort of a bit accidental. So there's this um, there's this awesome documentary come out, which I'm sure you know. Half the road, um, yeah. Half the road, yeah. I still managed to blooming see it because we arranged a screening in Perth, but it was after I left, so um, it's in May. <laughs> but um, I'm going to try and get a screening in Zurich. But anyway, it's um, it's this documentary by Catherine, and I only I only met her in um, Wagenberg at the World Championships, and she came around and, and wanted to film an interview for this film and mm-hmm. I sort of said oh right yeah okay another media interview and then I got talking to her after the interview and it wasn't just another media interview it was someone who was passionate about women's cycling and, and I realized that this anyway we got chatting and, and sort of um we got on really well and so we I was and I remember saying to her after the interview like you know one thing that would really make a difference in women's cycling is if we had a women's tour de France you know at mm-hmm. the men's tour de France with the men's tour yeah. de France because that's the one you know that's basically I think you know there's lots that is fantastic about women's cycling but there's a there's a real gap between men's and women's in terms mm-hmm. of investment and race about the money it's about the fact that we just do it and and it's not going to have the same races and coverage as the men and so the, the sport can't grow i think in the way it should yeah. and there's a vicious circle of lack of media attention and therefore lack of investment and therefore like basically lack of quality in terms of 
you know, what teams can offer their riders and, yeah. and whether riders have to work or not. And that obviously affects the quality of the peloton, um, you know, the, the strength and depth. And it's basically a vicious circle. And I thought the one place to intervene would be for one high-profile race to put on a women's race at the same time. And the tour is the obvious one because, like, it, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> like, people who never give a damn about cycling watch the Tour de France. Yeah. And it almost makes me angry watching all these crazy people at the side of the road who just, they'll, like, stand out there in the heat for hours on the rain for hours just to watch some people they don't know who's passing a bike and I just thought why can't they watch women as well they wouldn't care <laughs> you know, they'd, they'd love to see a second race they only see it for a few seconds why not a second one yes. it would make such a difference to the sport and um, and it, sometimes it seems like the people at the top of the sport are deliberately ignoring women cycling and I don't think it's the case but it feels like that sometimes and so um, that's why Catherine and I we sort of just sort of we just I, just, I said something like oh, we should petition them or something and um <laughs> And then she got back in touch with me just before the, the Tour de France um, started and said, you know, the one time we should do a petition is while the tour's on because we, we'll get noticed. And yeah. because she'd interviewed so many people for her documentary, um, which I would urge everyone to go and see because it is apparently really good. And um, yeah, and there's lots of cool people in it like Mariana and Ina and Chrissy Wellington. And um, apparently it's even quite funny. And um, yeah, so anyway, she, she got um, Mariana and Chrissy Wellington on side as well because you need because they're also passionate about it and yeah you know people like them they really get people to notice you you know I'm it was just my silly suggestion I didn't really do much work I would say I mean there was a lot of emailing about it but um I wouldn't attribute the any success that our campaign had to to me <laughs> particularly but but um yeah so that's when we started this petition and, and it did get noticed by ASO and they didn't really like it but um the result of it is really that um, they, they're putting on a race at the Tour de France on the final day. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's not what I would have dreamed of, like, you know, a full tour, but of course they can't organise that in a year. I'm not, yeah. I'm not crazy. It has to be <laughs> sustainable and both financially and sort of logistically. And I still think that what they're doing is, you know, is fantastic. It's a really good start. And I, what I'm really hoping is that the race is so successful and the feedback from people watching from the fans, you know, it's like, we want to see more of this. And then, yeah. Then there will be someday there will be a women's tour de France and and a women's Giro alongside the men's Giro or or not that matters because we have an awesome Giro anyway but you know then there'll be a women's Paris Roubaix and a women's um, um, Amstel Gold yeah, and yeah, a women's yeah, yeah. yeah you know Milan San Remo and and everything yeah. and I think and a women's Dauphiné and I just think there's so much potential out there because the to me it seems like an obvious thing to put on a women's race alongside a men's race on the same day maybe yeah if this because of the stupid rules about race length maybe with shortened stages yeah it doesn't matter because the, the the important thing is the entertainment value and i'm not even i don't even give a monkeys about the prize money yeah. i mean i think it's it's massively unfair the way it is with money in, in the sport but that's not the point the point is to have the races and the logistics are there for the big races and yeah they have to close the roads an hour earlier or something but you know the roads are closed all day anyway for those big races and the people are out there watching anyway. And yeah. you, you can't honestly tell me that the fans wouldn't be happy to have a second race. Well, and... this is, yeah, I mean, this is the thing about the, the fact that they're having... I mean, A, about flesh on Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the yeah. next week, is that, you know, I, I went last year with High Tech, which is amazing, but, like, people will want to watch anyone race up the Murder yes, Queen. Yeah, Like, I don't want to... And Flanders is the same. I mean, yeah. the fans love it. I mean, they're so drunk, most of them, they couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman riding a bike anyway. So I'm joking. But, you know, the point is, yeah. bike race is exciting, not because, you know, and the people who say to me, oh, well, you know, women are shit because you only go at 38k an hour, not 40k an oh hour. Oh, my God. I'm like, well, it doesn't make any difference. The point yeah. is the interaction, and our races are really exciting. And, and the problem is, it's very hard to 
you know, to go from, you know, to persuade a TV channel to pay for the rights to film it. Yeah. And obviously filming any race, you know, making a television package out of it is extremely expensive because you need motorbikes and helicopters yeah. and, in theory. I mean, I think they could do it with little droney things, but um, there be- are ways to do it on the cheap. But it's it's basically a huge outlay and you've got to find someone who's willing to take that risk and say, OK, we'll film the whole lot and we're going to put it all on Eurosport or yeah. When I, you know there are other TV channels are available kind of thing, um, and that's that's hard to do, and that's I think where the UCI comes in, and um, and they've been really good, especially because it became it had to become part of the presidential campaign uh, <laughs> trail because because we were so arsy about it, women started standing up for themselves, so I think yeah. it became part of of Brian's sort of campaign that that he would try and help um, women's road cycling, and um, I think the women's commission is you know baby steps but on the way with you know putting together a tv package from every world cup i just think it's a shame you know it it would be be great if maybe next year it could be shown alongside the men's coverage of like for example flesh run or flanders but it is difficult you know it's more complicated than just putting it on tv i'm 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 a bit dumb about these things because i don't watch tv but obviously if the uci does a deal with one particular broadcaster to show all the world cups they have to show the World Cups, World Cups on that broadcaster, and they can't then say, "Well, whoever's showing Flesh for Long for the men can they can have the footage too." So it's kind of complicated because of all the money and rights involved. But I think that they definitely go in the right direction, and I think that basically, when it comes down to it, I think the more people that get to see women's bike racing, the more people will want to watch it yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's really exciting. Like the thing that that really got me going about TV rights and and TV coverage was um, after the Olympics when yeah unusually loads millions and millions of people did actually watch a women's bike you know, race three times and more people watched it on bbc the women's race than the men's race yes. at their peak viewing yes figure. yeah well it's partly because our race was shorter and more exciting and yes but it doesn't it doesn't have to be about men's versus women the point is lots of people watched it and i i don't like the i i am um, i have get people saying oh, oh women's racing over men's racing it's not you know it's just bike racing and with yeah. a different gender i mean but it's also the point different, is it, it's a different kind of sport with different tactics yeah, i mean it's like exactly. your your races i i really am into the the shorter distance made it, yes. makes it much more exciting and the short smaller team numbers and it's kind of like yes. well if you like endless grinds you know sometimes i want to watch an endless <laughs> grind up the outdoors or something yes yeah but i'm not really into tour de france sprint stages where they ride no. you know where they ride tempo for 250k and then sprint at the end that's not yes. what i like the last 20 kilometers but you know yes well it's <laughs> blasphemous i mean like i cannot say anything against the tour de france because it's blasphemous but um but the, the the thing is yes i think our race women's racing is less predictable because the smaller teams and just the, yeah, it's just a different style of racing and and the shortest distance which just make it much you know, more exciting and you do hear people sort of murmuring now maybe the men's races should be short yes. because yes because exactly. the first few hundred k yeah is a bit dull sometimes i'm not saying always <laughs> but sometimes sometimes please yeah. don't hand me from a lamppost but some and i mean our races aren't always exciting but they are exciting often and the point about the olympics was that all these millions of people watched a women's bike race and millions of people were impressed at the skill and the excitement and basically the entertainment value because at the end of the day it's an entertainment sport for people yeah. watching and and doesn't you know like any sport the professional and shown on television it's just for entertaining the people watching and people were entertained and I just had all these friends and family saying wow I had no idea what you did but can I watch some more of it it's really exciting I say, I say well you can look up a few clips on YouTube but really not yeah. not really to be honest and um and that kind of got me going thinking like why doesn't this happen all the time and the other thing is you know how the men's sport has these 
has these incredible fans who like Cantalara fans or Cavendish fans or mm. Wiggins fans or Broom fans or you know whichever and they, they because they follow all the races they see a story unfold throughout the year mm. and and you get this following for the sport and for the riders in it and women's cycling really struggles to get that because there isn't consistent coverage yeah. so I think that um, that's why I mean obviously Mariana <laughs> you know the ones that people have heard of they do have fans and there are some there are some awesome fans fans of women's cycling who are very dedicated and, and, and we really appreciate it but it doesn't have those sort of widespread coverage that, that men's sport gets so it doesn't people don't know the story behind the races yeah. and um, I think that's why consistent coverage of say the World Cups would really help yeah and I think I think also telling the stories about the riders too because you know um, that's what got me into the sport actually was you know looking up people and you know um, you know, you just find these, you know, Evie Stevens used to work on Wall Street yeah. and gave it up to cycle. You're doing yeah. your PhD and have really comedy interviews. And you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like that's, yeah. that's, that's kind of the way that, so things like what I loved last year when you were working on the Torrentia, all of you was, you know, the, the, also the difference between Catherine's interviews, your interviews, Mariana's interviews was yeah. so, I mean, that was perfect. There was almost like a rider for whatever you felt like. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, obviously, I don't, um, I, I eschew my own media stuff, so I, um, I'd like to see that film, but I don't, I don't, obviously, read my own interviews, that's a bit like navel-gazing, and um, so I don't know really. <laughs> All I know is that I swear a lot in interviews and it doesn't come up, because sometimes I offend uh, people high up in cycling, it doesn't go down very well. Oh, but I think you need that. I think I think there's room for that, you know, like like there's room for there's room for everyone. And and, and to be honest, as a fan, it makes it much more interesting. Because, yeah, but it's you know, really, really stressful when you get called at midnight by Jonathan Vortis lawyer telling you <laughs> you said something wrong. <laughs> yeah, but you know, oh, yeah, I, I won't I won't I won't go down there, but I have don't to, I have strong me, feelings. Um Yes, so I, do I. I mean yeah. <laughs> This is the thing is there's kind of like, I mean, when Nicole Cook retired, her yes. retirement statement was just, oh, my God. Blistering. Yes, blistering. Eh? Yeah. Brilliant, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it had to be said, you know, it had to be yeah. said. And you were, I mean, you've you've always been doing things off the bike. I mean, I always really, really loved your work for Amnesty and things like that that you've been, that you've been up to. It, it feels like you're not just, yeah. you know, it feels like you've always got your eye on something bigger. Well... Yeah, I, it's it's a bit um, so the amnesty stuff. It, it, it's kind of like I feel like at some point after a few years of cycling, where it, you know it's very exciting to start with, like the chance of going to the Olympics, going to the Olympics, woohoo, professional cyclist. And after a few years, I'm sort of thinking, well, what's the point? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and I, I I looked around at the people that say that I admired when I was a kid and I was a runner, and people like Chrissy Wellington, for example, and they do something more with their, yeah, you know, she's hugely famous. Or Paula Radcliffe, they do more with their fame than just being famous and making money out of it, they use it to do something and basically promote a cause that, that make, is going to make a positive difference. And that sounds horribly sort of trite, but, you know, that that is something useful. And, and I kind of thought, well, okay, so I'm going to at least try. And I'm not really famous and um, I don't know, I don't. I struggle to find the time to really do much. But um, I thought, well, the one, you know, not the one charity, but the charity I really, really care about and have always supported since I was a kid is Amnesty International. So I just, I just wondered if I could, thought I'd try and sort of promote their cause because yeah then I, I got in touch with them and they were really helpful but I sort of feel like such a 
fraud because I do this silly thing of riding around in circles and, and they're doing something, you know, they're trying to save people's lives and stop yeah. human rights abuses. And so yeah. I've basically, I've tried, I've tried to um, sort of publicise it, but I'm not really famous enough to really make that much of a difference. So um, I'm going to start organising Amnesty Tea Parties, which is their one of their fundraising ideas where you organise a tea party and make donations and write letters. And I'm good at tea parties. I can bake cake and I, I like tea, so I might that <laughs> and it also it's funny because the whole the um the uci and the tour entier and women's cycling thing it's kind of a sort of it is basically an equality thing because you know it, it it's where say running used to be in the 50s where women yeah. weren't allowed to run more than 2k because you know they thought your uterus might fall out or something <laughs> and, and it's basically at the heart of it is the same thing that our sport yeah. is still really really quite sexist at the top and yeah it's changing but it will take time but I, and it's something I care about. But when I look at the work that Amnesty is doing to protect, say, human rights in Afghanistan. That is a whole different level. And it makes my my sort of campaigning in inverted commas about um, women cycling just feel so petty and pointless. Because I think, well, you know, there's women dying because they're trying to get an education or they're trying to educate other women and stand up just for their basic, basic human rights. And um, it's just the difference is just is uh galling and i just feel like i wish i could i wish i could do more really yeah. um so all i do is just try and publicize it because i think if people knew about the incredible value of the work that amnesty international is doing um, then they would be more keen to support it <laughs> and, and yeah. so i would say with the sochi olympics that was quite cool because normally when you when you sign up to maybe go to the olympics you you have to sign a massive long disclaimer that you won't make any political comments so I couldn't say anything around the Beijing Olympics, but with the Sochi Olympics, I could um, criticise all I liked because um, I wasn't going. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm no, yeah. I, I can, I can relate. I can relate to that. It's yeah, but it's it's nice. I mean, I think, I think, I think that's that's again something like I think about the women's peloton is you know a lot of you 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 really believe passionately in other you know in things as well and and I I, you know it's easy it's easy to like riders who are I don't know you know who are you know campaigning for human rights or or raising money to get bikes for kids in inner city areas or something you know yeah exactly I think that most most um females like this have had to have another well they have had another job or an education or something on the side because you most people don't make enough money to survive from it so there's there's um yeah there's a a lot of other interests (laughs) around the peloton for sure, yeah. yeah. So, um, last kind of question, really. Um, you're, you know, obviously we've got Fleshwell on coming up next week. Um, how how are you feeling about racing again? Um, well, I'll be honest. Fleshwell on always makes me really, really nervous because it's um, it's a big race, obviously, yeah. and it's always a race that I've been, you know, I've targeted because of the finish and the and the course, and um, and it's it's for anyone it's a pretty stressful race like it's a big peloton narrow roads and you have to be at the front it's all about mm. positioning um and it's not all about the muir like you have to get to the muir with fresh legs and yeah. something can go beforehand and um and i've i had some bad memories for me and of course some good memories so um but out of four times i've started it i've only finished twice and that wasn't that i just got off and couldn't be bothered yeah. it was crashing and not well, you being got hit finish. by a motorbike didn't you yeah, so two thousand <laughs> two thousand nine was possibly the worst. No, I know two thousand nine was pretty shit. So someone crashed into me from behind on descent after like ten k, and I woke up in the ambulance with a head injury. That was pretty crap. And um, and then two thousand and twelve, I got yeah, someone rode into me first. That was the first crash, and that destroyed one bike. And then one of the race supposedly safety motorbikes crashed on me, like it crashed and took me out. Um. 
and I was right at the front, exactly where you should be. And um, that was a little bit annoying, to be honest. <laughs> um, and I got back on and I carried on and my bike was a bit bent. And so the mechanic bent it back from the car while I was chasing back on at 50k an hour. And then um, and then the rear mech hanger, which had been bent and unbent, uh, just it just, just sort of committed suicide, 20k from the finish. It just mm. failed and sprang into the back wheel. So um, I, I had no more bikes left then because... Uh, and that was a little bit frustrating. So, yeah, it, and it's just, it, it's so immensely frustrating if it doesn't go well. And um, yeah. especially because everyone expects me to, you know, to be looking forward to it because it's hilly. And yeah, I do. And it, I, I'm not basically, I don't think I'm very good at racing under pressure. <laughs> so I'll be honest. <laughs> I mean, it's probably fairly obvious to everyone I race against. So it's not like it's revealing any secrets. So I'm not, I'm not good when I'm under pressure. But um, so I'm trying to see it this year as like, as it's a race that the course suits me and I'm yeah. just going to go out there and enjoy it and um I don't think anyone's going to expect me to be any good because I haven't raced for bloody ages yeah, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. no I think it's it's almost like a perfect way to come back though isn't it because if you do well yeah. people go oh it's Emma Pooley of course she does well and if she's done badly, yeah. too badly people will be like oh it's her first race back you know yeah wait well I'm doing I'm doing Gelderland tomorrow so I've got one warm-up race <laughs> okay the second race but, but Gelderland's yeah. yes. hardly the same is it <laughs> no it's not the same no um but and the other thing is um I'm really happy about the team this year there it's a really positive environment and um Danny the director he's really been really good about like I was expecting I've always had directors who've been trying to encourage me about flesh which is a good thing but you know basically like oh you're in really good shape oh you're gonna you're gonna drop Voss on them on the muir and I'm just thinking no yeah no I'm not gonna drop Voss on the muir it's not that easy (laughs) um I'll do my best but please don't say that you know yeah 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 and and so he's been really positive he's like look you just do your best and you know of course we'd love to win it but you know do your best and we've got a team to help you and so I don't feel um yeah. like the team is gonna only you know the team isn't gonna sink or swim depending on whether I win flesh or not and someone else on the team could win flesh I'd be very happy yeah. <laughs> I mean I, I I was there I went up last year in the high-tech car and the yeah. noise and the crowds and I mean, I've oh, never yeah. seen how steep I you know you see it on tv and it doesn't look that steep mm-hmm. and then yeah. when you walk down it and then walk up it you're like yeah that's steep <laughs> There is he, yeah, and um, but it would be okay as a time trial. It's just the problem. So, and full of noise. I mean, that's it's really cool for us because there aren't. It's a bit like Flanders or the World Championships yeah. in that having all those people there. It's awesome, and that's you know that's what I would like to see the sport have more often is yeah. races on the same day as men's races. And you know, it's organised by ASO who organised the tour. So, I think you know it's a great race, and and um, I'm really looking forward to it from in that respect. Um, yeah. I'm just. Yeah, I'm just worried about the prospect of maybe not doing very well. Oh, well, <laughs> but... I, I'll, I'll cross my fingers for you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> are you. Are you coming to the women's tour? The the what's it yes. called now? The Friends Life Women's yes. Tour. What's it called? The Friends Life Women's Tour. Friends Life. It, yeah, it's just got in, um, the insurance company. They've just sponsored it. Oh. They just announced the sponsorship last Excellent. week. Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm really glad because it's going to be a fantastic race. I'm super excited about the women's to the, the the women's tour of Britain. Yeah, because I think it's going to be great. I mean, personally, I'd prefer it if it went through some of the hilly bits to have a time trial, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers, and I think it's going to be an, just an awesome race in terms of the support and publicity, and they've got a good sponsor behind it now, and um, and I just I just know, because I've spoken to the organisers, and they're doing an 
they're really doing a lot to push women cycling and I think that's the direction it needs to go in yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think it should be called the Women's Tour of Britain and it should go around Britain yeah. uh, including maybe the tumble and maybe some of those really steep hills in Yorkshire but I often make my ideal race and I used to work in I used to live in the Lake District as an outdoor yeah. instructor so I kind of had these dream park dream races that would go over yes. hard not pass and then yes. rhinos pass Yes, I agree very much. What would your ideal rate if you could like if we could design the Emma the Emma yeah. Pooley tour, the Emma Pooley Women's Tour of Britain? Where what, where would you have it go? I or anywhere? It'd be a series series of time trials through the Lake District and the Peak District. Uh, uh, uphill, <laughs> uphill time trials. Um, yeah, up and down. I mean, you don't want to be you don't want to be too silly about it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, like they have you know, like people do the um. The three peaks, you know, they, they yes. do that. They do the highest mountain in, you know, they do. Yes, the, 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 we've done that. Yes, yeah. But so we could kind of have a race that does that. So we could kind yes. of maybe go, you know, maybe have the Welsh mountains and then 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 the Peak yeah. District and then the Lake District. Yes, I think that's an excellent idea. <laughs> you get talking to Sweet Spot for next year's race. Please. Yeah, yeah, and then the end, we could end at Fort William. That would be fun. Yeah. No, I think I think the Women's Tour is, is going to be really really good, and um, I'm really glad that we've got an invite for Lotto and. Um, also, it's cool because I get to go home for a few days after. Well. <laughs> and it's, your, and it's in your neighbourhood. Oh, I do have one last question. Sorry, yes. I have like 500 last questions, but this is my real <laughs> last question. Um, Emma, you grew up in Norfolk, right? Yep. Norfolk isn't known for being very hilly. Uh, but it's hillier than Cambridgeshire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which is where I started cycling. So I didn't ride as a kid. I didn't, I didn't even touch a road bike till I was 21 or something. Yeah. And I only... Yeah, I only started cycling to cross train from an injury. So I started road racing when I was at Cambridge, and and yeah, it is pretty flat and windy. But um, I moved out to Switzerland very soon after, and um, yeah, I mean, I've always, I think physiologically, I'm gonna, I'm always going to be more of a hills rider. I'm I'm terrible at sprinting, so that was never an option. So you know, you've got to do something. Uh, <laughs> and I think you know when I started, you know, I was really terrible at descending really terrible I think that meant that I had to get a big gap on the way up <laughs> to have a bit of a sort of buffer on the way down so um I, I always joke that I only you know I only got good at climbing because I was so shit at descending and now that I've learned to descend it seems like everyone's better than me at climbing so oh <laughs> no I mean, well we, yeah. we you know we have our joke Emma Pooley allergic to riding in the pack if in doubt yes attack. <laughs> yeah yeah well as well that's the other thing I'm shit at still is um still not great in the bunch but you know, I think um, I spent years, obviously, being a cyclist full time, stressing about these things, and I just, I've become to, come to realise, you know, I'm never going to be brilliant in the bunch, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to do it for that much longer. That yeah. you know, I haven't learnt, and I just, part of the problem wasn't just the nervousness and the stress of the races, but beating myself up about it beforehand and afterwards. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's enough stuff in life to beat yourself up about, and um, so tough shit. I'm not good at it, <laughs> but I'm doing my best best and you can't ask any more than that so um. excellent well i hope you i hope you enjoy your year i hope you enjoy it and i yeah. hope you have a you know i hope no one crashes into you and no thank you so do i yeah <laughs> and i'll see you at um the women's tour then i guess Can exactly yeah fantastic well awesome. thank, thank you so much for your time and my yeah. pleasure nice Good to luck. speak to you Sarah. always nice to meet you <laughs> thanks for your coverage of women's cycling oh thank you it is, it is much appreciated thank you <laughs> okay thank you okay. very much bye excellent bye